Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. A lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. Welcome to Brain Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. A representative democracy can be a beautiful thing, but the process of drawing the lines for congressional and state legislative districts can get ugly. The Constitution is vague on how voting districts should be drawn, saying only that they should be updated every 10 years and be roughly equal in population. Over the centuries since the Constitution's writing, American politicians have seized on the once-a-decade redistricting process to redraw voting maps to their advantage. While partisan redistricting is an accepted, if bemoaned, practice, the courts have found it unacceptable to redraw voting districts for the express purpose of suppressing the voting power of Black voters and other minority groups. 
Gerrymandering is defined as the manipulation of voting districts for hyperpartisan or racist reasons. But the line between legit redistricting and unethical gerrymandering is blurry at best. It's ultimately up to judges to decide whether a redistricting plan is kosher or not. Every 10 years, the United States conducts a census. The constitutional purpose of the census is apportionment. Uh, That is, the process of determining how many seats each state should have in the House of Representatives. While the Constitution automatically allots two senators for every state, the apportionment of representatives in the 435-seat House is based on population, with populous states like California getting 52 representatives as of the 2020 census, and sparsely populated states like Wyoming and South Dakota only getting one seat each. Members of the House are voted into office by the voters in their congressional district back home. And according to the Constitution, those districts should be approximately the same size, meaning that each of the 435 House members represent roughly the same number of people. The average congressional district now holds a little over 761,000 people. But who draws the district maps? A handful of states appoint independent commissions to draw their district lines, but those are the outliers. Right now, state legislatures in 39 states draw their own congressional districts, though that includes the six states that only have one congressional district. If the state legislature is firmly in the hands of one political party or the other, as it is in more than half of all states, then that party exercises a lot of control over the redistricting process. By tweaking the size and shape of voting districts, they can boost the voting power of their party and increase the odds of winning congressional seats. The district drawings and power struggles in each individual state's legislature work similarly, but we're concentrating on the national government today. Okay, so when does partisan redistricting cross the line and become illegal gerrymandering? When state legislators sit down to redraw their voting district maps, even in solidly Republican or Democratic states, they're expected to play by some basic rules. Districts have to be of roughly equal population, though a deviation of a few percentage points is okay. Districts have to be contiguous, uh, meaning they have to be contained by one boundary. And districts should be compact, not long and snake-like. Of those three characteristics, the compactness or non-compactness of a district is usually the one that triggers accusations of gerrymandering. For the article this episode is based on, How Stuff Works spoke with Doug Spencer, a law professor and election law scholar at the University of Colorado Boulder. He explained, If you see a bizarrely shaped district, that raises your antennae that it may not have been drawn neutrally, but in a way that favors some group, a political group, a racial group, or something else. After all, it was the freakish shape of a Massachusetts congressional district that helped coin the term gerrymander in 1812. The long and snaking district was approved by Governor Elbridge Gerry and delivered a powerful electoral advantage to his party, the Democratic-Republicans. A newspaper cartoonist noted the salamander-like shape of the district and labeled it the gerrymander, after its partisan creator. According to Spencer, the courts have recognized that partisanship in the redistricting process is an accepted outcome of state elections. If voters put control of the state legislature in the hands of one party, then there's an expectation that party officials will make redistricting decisions that benefit their party. Spencer said, the question becomes, how much partisanship is too much? That's a line that's hard to distinguish. 
some state legislatures are blatantly honest about what they're trying to accomplish. In North Carolina, for example, the Republican chair of the state's redistricting committee said in 2016, I propose we draw the maps to give an advantage to 10 Republicans and 3 Democrats, because I do not believe it's possible to draw a map with 11 Republicans and 2 Democrats. And in Maryland, the Democratic governor testified that a new district was drawn to, quote, create a district where the people would be more likely to elect a Democrat than a Republican. Yes, this was clearly my intent. But do such statements go too far? For its part, the Supreme Court is keeping out of the controversy. In 2019, the justices ruled 5-4 to four that the nation's highest court would not get involved in challenges to state plans on strictly political grounds. They left those challenges to state lawmakers and state courts. Racially motivated gerrymandering is unconstitutional under the 14th Amendment guarantee of equal protection under the law. But before the 1964 Voting Rights Act was passed, state legislatures, especially in the Jim Crow era South, used a pair of gerrymandering tactics to strip black voters of equal electoral power. They're called packing and cracking. If black voters were concentrated in a certain geographic area of a state, then the legislators would pack them into one or two districts. Even if that created strong black voting blocks in those districts, their vote would be outweighed by all of the majority white districts. If black voters were more geographically dispersed, then the districts were drawn in order to crack or dilute the black vote by assigning small numbers of black voters to several different districts. In that way, their voices were still guaranteed to be drowned out by the white majority. This was supposed to change with the Voting Rights Act, which included a provision that six southern states had to receive federal approval for their districting plans. Those six states, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina, and Virginia, were flagged for this extra scrutiny because of a history of race-based gerrymandering. In the 1960s, three more states were added, Alaska, Arizona, and Texas. But in a landmark 2013 case, the Supreme Court bailed out those nine states from having to seek congressional preapproval for their plans, stoking fears of a new wave of racially motivated gerrymandering, mainly in Republican-controlled Southern legislatures. The reality is that racial gerrymandering is still unlawful and can be challenged in both state and federal courts. A lawsuit intended to block a state's redistricting plan on racial grounds must be filed by a voter living in the district, says Spencer, not an outside political organization. It's then up to a judge or judges to determine if there's enough evidence, like testimony or emails or texts between lawmakers, to conclude that the district lines were, in fact, drawn to disenfranchise minority voters. And these challenges do happen. Two high-profile Supreme Court cases within the past decade effectively blocked districting plans in North Carolina and Virginia on grounds of racial gerrymandering. A part of what makes the line between redistricting and gerrymandering so blurry is that the electorate has become increasingly polarized along racial lines. In the 2020 presidential election, for example, 92% of Black voters chose the Democratic candidate, Joe Biden. And meanwhile, white voters continued to skew Republican in 2020, particularly non-college-educated white voters, 65% of whom voted for Donald Trump. What that means for Republican-held legislatures, especially in the South, is that any attempt to crack or pack districts to prevent the election of Democrats risks targeting Black voters and running afoul of the law.
Today's episode is based on the article, What's the Difference Between Redistricting and Gerrymandering, on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Dave Ruse. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.